ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome my 303rd ever show of all around sports reach monday at 1 p.m eastern time we broadcast live from boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week to join the show the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, no surprise, my highlight of the week is last night's Super Bowl, which was simply awesome from start to finish. Both teams come out of the box quickly and Jen just went up and down the field with something like a thousand yards in total offense. So it was just a tremendous uh, game to watch. One of the greatest Super Bowls ever, hands down. As you heard, I'm based here in Boston, so all of New England is still slightly in shock, but uh, also being very gracious and Nobody in New England has anything to complain about, given the success of the last uh, decade plus. But hats off to the Philadelphia Eagles, who are the first team that really hasn't played scared against the Patriots since the Baltimore Ravens uh, came in and beat the Patriots a couple times in Gillette Stadium in the postseason. You kind of got the sense that the of the type of night it was going to be uh, when Amendola, Danny Amendola, threw the pass to a wide open Tom Brady who could have literally walked into the end zone and just missing on the pass attempt there. And then lo and behold, before the first half ended, the Eagles uh, scoring their touchdown on a gutsy fourth quarter call on a touchdown pass to Nick Foles, the opposing quarterback. So uh, not something you see every game, two passes to each quarterback. And uh, the Eagles completed theirs uh, while the Patriots just missed theirs. And uh, it was just, again, a harbinger of things to come. The Patriots seem just a little bit off, whether it's Stephen Goskowski uh, missing a kick, but an extra point. Uh, they were just ever so slightly off. And uh, But Tom Brady in general wasn't off. Just remarkable that he became, he threw for over 500 yards, the most of any postseason game in NFL history, yet ended up losing. Uh, the Patriots did not punt last night. Incredible statistic. Um, there were no sacks or turnovers until the end of the game. Of course, we had both on one play, and that play, more than any other, decided the game. Uh, but the Eagles came to play, and 
really can't say enough about their coach, Doug Peterson, just going for it time and time again. He never let up, which was, uh, which is the way to beat the Patriots. It just is. Uh, their de- Eagles defensive line pretty much applied pressure to Brady, who again uh, had a great game. And, you know, Chris Hogan came up huge. Gronk, of course, especially at the start of the second half. Uh, catching a bunch of passes, including a touchdown on the first drive to get them right back in the game and very reminiscent of what he did in that final drive against Pittsburgh back in the game of the year this past season, a few few weeks back. And uh, so it was really, really just tremendous viewing, to put it mildly. Alshon Jeffrey played great. Uh, he, of course, basically guaranteed a win last week, so good for him. Always good to see when somebody can uh, back up their talk, and he certainly did that. But at the end of the day, the Eagles, uh, they went toe-to-toe in the last five minutes, and not everybody has been able to do that over the years against the Patriots. And uh, they made the big defensive play at the end, and... Uh, with the strip sack fumble, and that really uh, that really did it. But, you, you know, again, nobody in New England, everybody's a little bit in shock, but nobody's complaining. Patriots got the ball back with about a minute to go, no timeouts, and went down to the last play, Hail Mary, of course, from Tom Brady that actually had a chance, had the ball bounced a little differently. There were some Patriots in the neighborhood, shall we say, and, uh, you know, you can't ask for anything more than that. Uh, Super Bowl that goes down to the last play, and the ball is in Tom Brady's hands uh, twice in the final few minutes, uh, but especially at the end of the game. So good for Philadelphia. They have been so, so disrespected. I mean, when you can step back now, look at their year. They were the number one seed. They had the best season of any team in the NFL, period. And when Carson Wentz went down, everybody just immediately said, season's over. And they were underdogs in both of their home playoff games as the number one seed. First time that's happened since like 1970 uh, when they were underdogs against the Falcons. That, of course, spurned all the dog masks, which were great. It was a great little uh, extra into the whole thing and Philadelphia celebrated right the, the footage and video from downtown Philly it was just simply awesome I grew up in Pennsylvania so I have a lot of friends from Philly and I'm really glad for them at uh, you know they celebrated well apparently only three arrests and got kind of crazy but not too crazy and it's just great to see and lastly uh, nobody from New England would ever begrudge a team breaking a curse, whether it's the Cubs or the Eagles. Uh, You know, we can relate, to say the least, going back, of course, to the Red Sox in 2004. So really nice to see. And coming out of the whole thing, the aftermath up here in New England by far, and it's my bizarre item of the week, is cornerback Malcolm Butler, for he of the 
legendary interception against the Seahawks a few years back, not playing uh, any defensive snaps last night. Uh, he was crying during the national anthem. Uh, that caught my eye and just made me wonder what's going on there. I'm sure a lot of people did. And the amazing thing here is that Malcolm Butler played in 98.7% of the defensive snaps for the Patriots this year. An amazing statistic. He was basically out out on the field for every defensive snap this year, yet didn't play one last night. And uh, we all know he has a Super Bowl resume, <laughs> to put it mildly. And uh, so, no answers yet on as to exactly why that was the case. Uh, so we shall see. The story won't be going away anytime soon. And Malcolm Butler is a free agent, now free to sign with anybody. And uh, I'm guessing he has seen his last uh, last game in New England. So my low light of the week is simply that the NFL season is now over. So what are we going to do now? Uh, luckily, we have the Olympics coming up starting as soon as this Thursday. So uh, that'll help fill the breach for this particular year. Also had an exciting couple weeks in that I was down in Orlando last week and attended both the PGA show and a lot of the Pro Bowl practices and whatnot, activities over at Disney's Wide World of Sports, second year in a row I've done that, and it's just a fabulous, fabulous week to be down in Orlando. And uh, the mixture of the golf world and the football world in the same city at the same time, certainly a city that can handle it hotel room-wise, is just fantastic. Great energy in the city. The PGA show is the largest event in golf, 30,000 attendees, and it was just uh, spectacular. In the Orlando Orange County Convention Center, just booths as far as the eye can see. They have Demo Day out at Orange County National Golf Course where they uh, display all the new equipment and then all the other ancillary equipment is everywhere on the PGA show floor, which is just massive beyond belief. And every type of person connected to the golf industry is basically there. It's just an awesome, awesome event. And then again, the Pro Bowl activities were terrific, heavy on the Steelers front with Mike Tomlin coaching and big names, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and a few other Steelers were there. So tons of Steeler fans in attendance and just a great opportunity. Wide World of Sports does a great job of, you know, for fans to get up close and personal, very relaxed atmosphere and just a terrific uh, week down in Orlando. And lastly, uh, my NFL player engagement story for the week was uh, an interview with Matthew Slater done uh, right before the AFC championship game against the Jaguars. Uh, he simply, he, he won the Ed Block Courage Award coming back from a couple of injuries throughout the year to make the Pro Bowl yet again. 
Matthew Slater was a terrific interview. Great guy, son of Hall of Famer, Jackie Slater of the Rams. And uh, it's available for your reading at www.nflplayerengagement.com. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, I'm great, John. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you, as always, and uh, we'll get right into it. Uh, I know you watch the Super Bowl like uh, tens of millions of others, and uh, should I say hundreds of millions of others? And <laughs> what'd you think? It was a game for the ages. Yeah, John. I mean, it was a performance by the two quarterbacks. So I'm not sure you're going to see again. And it just so happens that each had a turnover, but the crucial one at the end really turned the tide for the Philadelphia Eagles to win their first Super Bowl. But I was mesmerized by both of the quarterbacks and the way they performed. The defenses were non-existent. I think did they punt one time during the game, John? Maybe Philadelphia. Correct. Uh, the Patriots did not punt during the game, which is an amazing statistic. Yeah, I mean, and these are people who are, you know, pride themselves on having good defenses, but they were not able to stop either offense. And it seemed like John, the receivers on quite a few of the plays were wide open. There was nobody in the television picture. Uh, to cover the receivers at all. I agree. I agree. It was just, uh, you know, a passing frenzy, and it was right out of the box, right off the bat to start the game. The Eagles, of course, took the opening kickoff, went right down the field, and 
basically held that lead until, you know, late in the fourth quarter. And, yes. you know, at that point, and I was watching in a packed sports bar right near uh, where I live here in Boston. And everybody just, when they got, when they finally, finally broke through to take that one point lead, uh, given the history of the Patriots, especially recently, uh, going back, you know, even just to Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. Um, but of course, in the last few years, I think everybody at that point just kind of thought, okay, finally, you know, great game. And, you know, now the Patriots have them. And I think, uh, you know, the big question, what I was hearing from everybody there was, uh, you know, now Nick Foles has real pressure. You know, he's behind. He's in the Super Bowl and it's the fourth quarter and behind for the first time in the game. And boy, to his credit and Doug Peterson as well, obviously, uh, he didn't flinch and went right down the field. And I think hit Zach Ertz for what proved to be the winning touchdown. So, uh, so yeah. So, you know, again, hats off to them. I mean, they didn't play scared. That's what I said right at the top of the show. And I've seen so many teams get out of character or play scared, especially in the final five minutes of the game. But the Eagles did the exact opposite. They just kept their pedal, pedal to the metal uh, the entire game, and and they, they won because of that, in my mind. Yeah, Doug P- uh, Peterson had a tremendous game plan, too, John, yep. with the different types of throws that Nick Foles was making throughout the game. Uh, they had the wheelhouse on that crucial play where the running back, I think Clement ran down to about the five yard line. That, that was one of their touchdown drives. Uh, yes. And he just, he just seemed so comfortable in the pocket. He showed so much poise and I uh, liked the way he delivered the ball. He was accurate all day. I mean, he, he made some throws even on the run, which is not his forte uh, right. a few times to, to the receivers and got the third down. And they, they just overwhelmed the Patriots on third down with it maybe 12 of 18 or something. So yep. it, it's very, very difficult to win a football game when you can't stop the other team on third down. And it's very important to win a game to be successful on third down. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I, speaking of third down, I mean, the talk of New England here today and of course, even last night during the game was, you know, Malcolm Butler and people in New England like to say uh, it always comes back to New England. There's always a connection. There was last night, by the way, that, that kid at halftime taking the pictures, the selfies with Justin Timberlake is from Boston, a Boston <laughs> suburb. Uh, but in the world of football and beyond, there, I, I like to think there's always a connection to Alabama and uh, right, the state of right. Alabama. And we all know that Malcolm Butler went to West Alabama. uh, And there are no answers yet, AP, as to why exactly he did not play. I mean, when I saw him crying during the national anthem, I couldn't, you know, it certainly got my attention big time. And uh, many others as well. Little did we know what what it was leading to, but he didn't play a snap after paying, playing. Uh, you're not going to believe this one if you don't know it already. 98.7% of the defensive snaps this year. So it's astounding, yeah. and including the two postseason games. So it's just there. It's the talk of the town. There's no other way to say it. 
Yeah, John, I mean, did you hear some reports? Maybe you can check on this, but did he miss the plane uh, flying down? Uh, I mean, flying to Minneapolis? Did you hear that at the team? Plane? I did. I did not. That's fascinating. I had no, I have not heard that until now. So, wow. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I'm not stating it as fact. I'm just saying. Right. I understand. Uh, somebody mentioned it, mentioned it to me. So I didn't have time to check that out. But, it, uh, John, you know, we had this discussion in the past about players who make a mistake. And I always, my philosophy has been why penalize the entire team by holding them out. I mean, there's ways to change their behavior without holding them out of the game. And I just thought that whatever he did, uh, there's ways that you can take care of the situation without jeopardizing the fortunes of the entire team. Yeah, it seems, uh, you know, I think uh, Mike Reese from ESPN actually asked the question, was it physical or was it disciplinary? And both answers were no. Uh, He did talk to Malcolm Butler, who didn't say why. Um, So at this point, there is nothing definitive. Um, You know, some talk and whatnot about you know, different schemes and whatnot. But we're really, I think, made it bubble over a little bit or come back into the forefront. Because when you're watching a game, you're not necessarily focusing on who's not in there, if you know what I mean. You're, you're yes. focusing yes. on who you're watching. But yes. when Patrick Chung went down, and granted he's a safety and uh, Malcolm, of course, is a cornerback, but when he went down, that really got a lot of people wondering, like, okay, are they going to, like, change it up and somehow, you know, get Malcolm Butler in there as a result of Chung going down. Again, I recognize they play different positions, but they're both in the secondary. But didn't happen, and Chung went down twice, uh, you know, with with injuries. And uh, But it's the great mystery. Uh, That's a fascinating piece of information, uh, you know, that you have. But there does seem to be some chatter that, it occurred, you know, immediately before the game, uh, the decision not to play him because that would, you know, partially explain maybe why he was crying during the national anthem as if he just got the news. Yeah. But who knows? You know, nobody knows at this point. I'm, I'm sure there'll be other rumors, but yours is certainly among the most interesting I've heard. And uh you know, it's just strange. What else can you say? There's, there is no other word. Uh, so it'll come out, AP. You know that, and I know that. These things always yeah. come out, even, even in this situation. Uh, you know, it being the Patriots. Uh, you know, eventually, it'll, it'll come out. Joey Browner, I guess, tweeted some pretty uh, interesting things about. Uh, his surprise at Malcolm Butler not playing and his take on, you know, what that type of thing would mean to the locker room, which is another indicator that it may have occurred, you know, immediately prior to the game because he was talking about the effect on the locker room and whatnot. Joey Browner, of course, was uh, cornerback for the Patriots in the, in the, what we now call Malcolm Butler Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, played for years with the Seahawks as well, obviously. But, again, it's the talk of the town. There's no other way to say it. That's that's what everybody's wondering about. And we'll see how it all pans out. But it's uh, it was a shocker. 
to say the least. Yeah, John, I always tell everyone that people will talk eventually. Uh, the identity of Deep Throat took about 40 years, but that was known to people. And, and so I think we'll find out in the coming probably, I'd say maybe even days, if not weeks, about the real situation of the reason Malcolm Butler didn't play in the Super Bowl 52. That, I mean, he's a guy with experience and the big moments and Correct. Uh, to keep him on the bench. I don't know if I've heard a story like this at a Super Bowl, uh, you know, that, that could equal, equal, the, equal that uh, omission. Yeah, and your great analogy, since I, over the weekend, rented the Deep Throat movie called Mark, it's literally called Mark Felt, and Liam Neeson plays him, and I wanted to depart from sports, but certainly I was thinking that too, so thank you for bringing up that analogy. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it always comes out somewhere along the line, so we shall see. Uh, but again, that aside, you know, just a spectacular game, you know, and Nick Foles is, uh, you know, his legend is secure and Philadelphia, uh, just, you know, tremendous performance last night, especially, but even throughout the playoffs, you know, you look back, I said this in the opening segment. I mean, what a year the Eagles had now that, now that it's over, you know, getting no respect first team since 1970 to be a number one underdog at home, number one seed underdog for a home game. And, you know, obviously what they did to the Vikings, uh, the best defensive team in the league this past year, and they just destroyed them in the NFC Championship game. So more than deserving by any and all accounts, to say the least. And, were, and let's just face it, you know, the moment Carson Wentz went down, everybody wrote him off, and I mean everybody. Yeah, I, I found it uh, interesting, John, that uh, Nick Foles, he, he didn't fare well with the Rams. Yeah. Here he is, the MVP. Of, of the for the Philadelphia Eagles, and they had that drought since 1960, uh, since they've won an NFL championship. You know, this is their first Super Bowl one, of course. But isn't it amazing how you can be with one coach and very successful, and you're with another, and you you can't even uh, satisfy the fans in your in your hometown. Never mind impress the rest of the nation. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I actually watched the pregame show, which I haven't done in a while, as in five hours worth. And uh, great <laughs> stuff. NBC just did a tremendous job. And they did a, sp they did a little uh, story on Nick Foles. And apparently what was going on, and this was the good stuff I'm talking about, uh, Nick Foles' wife had some health issues a couple years ago, which is... Uh, probably related to why he didn't perform well between, you know, with the Rams and whatnot. And it looks like he was seriously considering retiring from football. And, you know, so the, the, again, there's always stuff behind the scenes as in Malcolm Butler as well. I'm sure that you just don't know. And, you know, for Nick Foles that it comes out, you know, yesterday in the pregame show to, you know, two years later, it was the first I heard about it. And, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's face it, you know, he had that great first go-round with the Eagles. He had that great year with them. And so, you know, I, I, I remembered that well. And always, I think he had 27 touchdowns and five picks that year. And I always felt like, uh, you know, 
he, he could do well uh, playing back inside in Philadelphia, and he did. Yeah, that that story they had I was watching about Joe Gibbs and Doug Williams was yeah. uh, fabulous. Was, was similar in nature. The fact Very. that they clicked, they clicked, and even though when he brought him in there, he didn't start, but he eventually was the uh, winning quarterback for the for the Washington team. So that was a little precursor to what happened yesterday. A uh, coach and a quarterback, they jihad. And for those folks who don't know what that means, that means that they, they worked well together. And, right. Uh, so, so Nick Foles, I mean, what's going to happen from here on out? Who knows, but but he certainly has. It looks like he, he could have a long career in the NFL. Uh, absolutely, you know, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, you know, uh, I think somebody already asked Doug Peterson about it, and now's not the time. And I agree, but you know, he's not replacing Carson Wentz, and he shouldn't be a backup. So, something it feels like something's got to give there. I mean, off the top of my head, on the assumption that he's under contract, and I'm not sure about that with the Eagles uh, again he's not replacing Carson Wentz nor should he you know it'd be nice to see the Eagles just let him go for all he did for them this past year most importantly bringing home a Super Bowl victory uh, MVP and let him go out and make some serious money I think that would be a wonderful way to handle it uh, but it's all about Nick Foles. I mean, clearly he's very comfortable in Philadelphia. <laughs> That's obvious. So we'll see. That's going to be a, a bit of an interesting story. Yeah, John, and, and I don't know, could they trade him? Be, be, yeah, trade him. That's what they should do. For a couple number yeah. ones. I mean, the, the, this That's is a it. league starving for quarterbacks. And, exactly. You know, there's there's so many teams that are looking for leadership at that position. And while we're speaking of backup quarterback, John, this is the year of the backup quarterback winning championships, right, with Tua, Tua Tungavailoa at Alabama and Nick Foles at, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Good analogy. I like that. I was thinking of another analogy, and we'll talk about this after the show. But, yes, so why don't we just say that? I have another analogy I just wanted to draw with you, and uh, a couple more, actually. So why don't we take our break now, and we'll get to that on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
888-346-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby, to join the show. The call-in number is one 888 346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., at the end of the previous segment, you mentioned the analogy of the Alabama backup quarterback coming in to win the national championship over Georgia uh, just a month ago. And, of course, Nick Foles, basically a career backup. Uh, starting the game and winning the Super Bowl and being the MVP. It's a great analogy. I have a couple others in mind as well. But, uh, again, that's a great analogy. So the year of the backup quarterback, got to love it. Yeah, it's unbelievable how that those things transpired. I mean, Alabama really had to put into it because there was lackluster offense uh, in the first half, 21 yards total passing. I mean, I'm – with all those four and five star receivers, it was incredible how they couldn't get anything going. But you know, Nick Foles was it's through a series of uh, injuries. You know, injuries with the starting quarterback Carson Wentz. So you know, always be prepared, and you never know what's going to happen. But more than likely, you know, he wasn't going to get his chance unless somebody was injured, and Tua wasn't going to get his chance until uh, they were behind by double digits and. There was nothing else they could do to shake up the offense but insert a different quarterback. So uh, they both got their chance and you know, were the MVPs of the game. Exactly, yes. Uh, well said. And on that front, you know, Nick Saban did what he had to do. You know, far be it from me to question Bill Belichick. So maybe last night, I mean, I did hear this morning mention that, you know, Eric Rowe, who replaced Malcolm Butler, is bigger, and of course his assignment was covering Alshon Jeffrey. Did a pretty good right. job. Jeffrey had a, a early touchdown, um, yeah. but you know, it might have been as simple as you know uh, size, and maybe Belichick just simply thought that Eric Rowe would be more effective in this particular game 
than Malcolm Butler, and it might just be that simple. So I, I'm not looking to, again, either question the greatest coach uh, in NFL history or uh, read into anything. It might be just that simple. Uh, again, we'll find out. Uh, but another analogy that uh, I found myself thinking about last night was uh, Tom Brady. You know, what Nick Foles did last night was pretty similar to what Tom Brady did back in New Orleans in 2001. I was at that game in New Orleans when they beat the Rams. Every bit the upset that last night was, that's for sure. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I, just a lot of similarities. Granted, Brady was young, but he took over for injured quarterback Drew Bledsoe much earlier in the season than uh, Foles did for Wentz, who got hurt in December. But again, as far as just going you know, to that particular, you know, that particular Super Bowl versus last night's Super Bowl. It just kept reminding me throughout the game how, you know, you just didn't think Nick Foles last night or Tom Brady in 2001 was going to keep making plays. Yet that's exactly what they both did uh, over and over and over again to the very end. And uh, again, I just thought that analogy was just in my head all night. By halftime, I, I was thinking about that game and how reminiscent it was. And I think it played out pretty similarly, actually. Yeah, and and John, I heard that the uh, head coach, Doug Peterson, what he did is he sat down with Nick Foles and they went over the type of throws that he feels most comfortable and had been successful. I mean, that's just smart coaching. He didn't give him anything uh, in the in the game plan that he thought would would cause an issue and i think that's the essence of coaching uh, you try to make people improve in certain areas but if you don't bang your head against the wall and try to get them to perform certain feats of skill uh or run certain offenses that you know that there's not a good chance that it will be successful so you know hats off to to uh, doug peterson for sitting down with his quarterback and and coming together in a, a mutually beneficial game plan. AP, I heard that exact same thing. Maybe we heard the same report that you know, full or the Peterson just simply had a bunch of plays and went over with what he was most comfortable with, and those were the ones that were like absolutely at the top of the list to be called and early. And I just thought that was I agree with you 100. percent that caught my attention to fabulous coaching, just simple. And, you know, again, you, you play to your quarterback strengths, just thinking back to Brady in that Rams game, their first Super Bowl victory. Uh, hard to believe now, but, you know, in those days, he was simply, uh, you know, what's the word? Uh, maintenance quarterback or whatever. Just uh, uh, a, a game, a game manager, game manager. Thank you. Game manager. Uh, don't make any mistakes and, you know, don't turn the ball over and, and, you know, make a play here and there. And that, that's what you need. Foles and Brady, you know, did more than make a play here and there. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, contrast that with Brady throwing for over 500 yards last night. I'd say he's come a long way in 20, in 18 years. Uh, but it was just really great. And the other analogy I wanted to make, since you and I have both had the good fortune to, you know, you cover college football with a particular folk. But live in, uh, you know, live in Alabama and cover Alabama, but you cover all the college football. And I'm up here in New England and I cover the NFL and but, you know, have a particular focus on the Patriots, obviously. And uh, 
you know, I couldn't help but think last night about, I felt last night, I think similar to how you felt two years ago when Clemson beat Alabama. Uh, again, Alabama having a run of success like the Patriots. And, uh, you know, you can't win them all. It sounds simple and basic, but it's true. Last night brought it to the forefront again like it did for you two years ago. You, you don't win them all. And, you know, but certainly nothing to complain about by any stretch of the imagination. And, uh, you know, so and in fact, another, you know, Alabama had the lead late in that game. And I said earlier, when the Patriots got the lead last night, I thought, that's it. Now Nick Foles has to perform from behind in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. And he did, to his credit. Yeah, it was the same situation with Alabama. Uh, John was two minutes to, uh, left on the clock or so when Deshaun Watson had to drive 68 yards, and he did, and scored with one second uh, left on the clock. And uh, Nick Foles, I mean, he was placed in that position to give his chance a team to win. They had to score, and they held on. They got the they got the field goal as well to give them some insurance that the Patriots, even if they did score, would have to uh, be successful on a two-point conversion. So, just a tie. But, yeah, but, yeah, just a tie. And just like you said, Alabama, you know, they came so close. But you realize that you're, when you're in those types of games in college, the other teams give scholarships. And in the NFL, the other team pays players to perform also. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, again, you know, it doesn't matter who you were pulling for last night. If, if you like good football, last night was really, really as good as it gets. Again, just to repeat what we said right off the top. Um, it just started from the opening snap, basically. They just pretty sure they threw on the first pass of the game and and off it went for three to four hours of just fabulous fabulous football and uh so you know lucky us what else can you say we're we're fortunate to have uh you know been able to watch that last night and great stuff to say the least yeah it was a classic super bowl and from the first series uh nick Foles, you could tell he he was poised you watch their feet of you know, the quarterback, and if he's nervous, you know they're moving their feet. Then you know that he he's jittery and he's he's not settled. But but Nick, he he was just a pleasure to watch and completed the first pass, and he went right down the field. And John, what about the kicking game? I mean, as we said, there was maybe one punt. I guess there was one punt, and then the extra points and field goals missed. It it was unusual, highly unusual, and you know. Uh, the minute those extra points get missed, you know, I just like a couple of years ago when Steve Goskowski for the Patriots missed that first quarter extra point against the Broncos, I said, it's going to haunt them the entire game. And it did. And in the end, it did cost them. Uh, we all remember they had to go for two with Gronk, uh, not being able to come up with it at, at the end of the game. But anyway, it was, uh, yeah, it hung over the entire game because then the Eagles went for two later didn't get it, and as we know, when the Patriots finally took the lead, it was a one-point lead. So yeah, th- those kicking game miscues really affected that entire game, uh, to say the least. It didn't necessarily decide it, but it hung over that game for sure from the first quarter on for both teams. Yeah, and 
Yes, yeah, it did. And then, John, the, I thought the offensive line of Philadelphia played well. Their, their you know, big running backs were able to be patient and, and wait for the hole to open, and then they burst through for some long gains. And then even though New England, I mean, that's not considered their strength, there was only one sack, of course, that was the the situation where Tom Brady, where the ball was tipped and they lost the football. But right. uh, the offensive lines, I thought they played pretty well. Absolutely, they did. Because both, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, well, AP, uh, hard to believe we're at the end of yet our third segment. So why don't we take a break now and we'll get to some more topics on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the Olympics, which are actually starting on Thursday night with the opening ceremonies, of course, being Friday night. And A.P., it only happens every four years, but I think it's always a little bit of a down day when football season's officially over the day after the Super Bowl and the week after the Super Bowl. And But every four years... Uh, the the pain gets eased with the Olympics, so it's good to have them this year, as always. Uh, you know, they're going to be fun, and given the political climate, the fact they're in Korea, 60 miles from the North Korean border, makes it even that much more interesting and timely this year. But it's going to be fun, as always. Yeah, I always like to watch the skating and the, the skiing and the, the, some of the hockey and all the other events associated with the Winter Olympics. It's 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 different, and you know you don't concentrate that on concentrate on those sports. Uh, you know, there's a couple years lapsed between the Olympics and the next time you watch it, usually. Well, that's it. 
and you know, uh, any sports fan enjoys the Olympics. And for me, there's always the highlights. But the main reason is, you know, it's uh, it's like background music. You can for for two weeks, you basically have sports live for the most part on TV that you can turn on pretty much at your leisure, any time of day or night. And you know. <laughs> And there they are. And I, I think that's just fabulous. I think everybody loves that. So I know I do. So it should be fun. Oh, yeah, you can watch, yeah, you can watch the events and then you can listen to also the personal stories. Correct. That's always a big part of it. Human interest stories. And, uh, you know, NBC does a great job with it always. And they'll do a great job with it again this year. So uh, it's always fun. They have the, the great stories coming in. But. Then there's always events and athletes that stand out and create new stories. So it's going to be awesome. And speaking of great athletes, by the way, there, there's a famous athlete down in your neck celebrating a milestone today, right? Right. The, the legendary Hank Aaron. It's his 84th birthday from Mobile, Alabama. So we want to wish him a happy birthday. He was the original uh, home run king who who beat out Babe Ruth way back in what 1974 I guess it was and uh Correct. yeah folks you know folks still uh, revere him Well that's a remember where you were moment I remember exactly where I was when Hank Aaron hit that home run and uh 7:15 and uh so does everybody else it's just a great great uh sports moment to say the least that will live forever and uh you know, speaking of sports legends, there was a great show last week, The Two Bills, uh, where Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick sat down uh, and talked about their history together, which has just been was fascinating, to say the least. And uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the show, but it was just terrific. Very well done. And for me, it was a real walk down memory lane, especially with how Belichick ultimately became the coach of the Patriots, which changed the fortunes of so many, including people like myself, who live 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium. Uh, I bought my Patriot season tickets the day after Parcells was hired. So this is in 1993, so by James Orthwine, by the way, not Robert Kraft. Right. And so I've lived this story since then, and so it was great to watch and Good to see the two sitting together in the same room, given all their accomplishments together. Yeah, I was glad that somebody had the foresight to present that documentary and get those two together to talk yep. about their history because there were two great coaches in the NFL. And, uh, you know, John, they were both hired by Ray Perkins of Alabama to come to the Giants. You know, that's what was good about that. And the, why these documentaries are always great. I forgot about that. Like I knew it, but you know, you forget those details and yes, Ray Perkins. Now there's a real Alabama legend to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've spoken to coach Perkins about that. And, uh, matter of fact, the defensive coordinator that he was going to hire was Paul Crane, who played at Alabama with him. And he played for the New York jets with Joe Namath in the super bowl three, but Ray Perkins was committed to Steve Sloan at Ole Miss, and so uh, Bill Parcells became that defense coordinator instead of Paul Crane. Wow. Great history, AP. Uh, that goes back to what I've said earlier in the show. There's always a connection. 
to Alabama, <laughs> yeah. as there often is to Boston, and uh, and it's just so true. And speaking of Alabama, uh, the Senior Bowl was held down there. Baker Mayfield played, and uh, uh, you were there. Uh, it's a great event. Phil Savage runs it, if I'm not mistaken, and yeah, always just a great right. event on the calendar, and I was watching some of the game, uh, and... Again, uh, must have been a great week down there. Yeah, it was. I think it's in the neighborhood of oh six, seven, eight hundred NFL people. Uh, wow. Come to come to Mobile, all the scouts and the GMs and coaches. I mean, Jerry Jones. We had a chance to interview him. I spoke to him about some college football matters, and so I get a chance to see all these people from around the country and speak to them about players and the college football world and the NFL and. There's so many talented people that are part of the Senior Bowl that go on to have great careers in the NFL. They had, uh, we're, we're looking to have eight quarterbacks. I think maybe seven uh, ended up playing because the Oklahoma State quarterback was injured. So, but uh, I mean, Phil Savage does a phenomenal job. He travels around the country. He has a couple of scouts as well, and they're always searching for players. I mean, they had somebody from the College of Dubuque. They had, you know, FCS players, FBS players, uh, you know, all sizes and and shapes and speeds. And it's really a chance for everyone to come together and, and compete during the practices uh, at Land People Stadium in Mobile. Yeah, well, the NFL clearly loves that game, that week. It's the combine before the combine. And, uh, yeah, you introduced me to Phil Savage at... Uh, a few years back at the American Conferences Football Media Days and a true gentleman. And, you know, the minute I met him, it was obvious why the Senior Bowl has been such a success over the years and never more so than now. It really gets bigger every year with more and more NFL types all in, right? Yeah, Phil, he he gets these players to buy in because, John, it's really, I think, a little bit better situation in Mobile than the Combine because the scouts can meet with a player much longer than 15 minutes. Right. And they're always at the, they're at the hotels, they're setting up the meetings, they're visiting, they're questioning the all the players. I mean, and you get a chance to meet with the scouts and the general managers, maybe the head coach, assistant coaches. The you know, so I think it's a a much more a beneficial uh, situation for the NFL in Mobile than it is in, at the Combine. Correct. Well, it's just awesome, uh, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to spend some time there. The weather didn't look that great. I was watching it on TV that day, but I think it's probably as much about the week than it is about the game day. Yes, absolutely. The, the, the scouts usually fly out on Friday. Actually, not, not too many of them stay for the game itself. Okay, interesting. Well, AP, hard to believe. I guess uh, the day after the Super Bowl, time flies, and we had, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it felt like a quick, quick show, but thank you, as always, for joining us and adding your expertise. We appreciate it week in, week out, and uh, look forward to doing it again next week. Hey, John, it's my pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me on the show. You're welcome, and thank you for calling in, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.